Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed, and with me as ever is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek, how are you? Um, hello, David. And regular listeners may be able to tell from my voices that we sound more mature. That's right. Um, uh, big news here at Film Fandango headquarters. Marek and I are both the oldest we've ever been. Yep. We both have our birthdays within six days of each other, so normally there's you're here yes. around May and June. Yeah. The uh, uh, the change in the maybe change deepening in of the voice, the weary, the increased weariness. Our internal ancient clocks tick one uh, one place further forward. You know, um, around my birthday, all of the Hammer Horror guys had their birthday, so around yours as well. I think Peter Cushing's on June, on June the second. I think it's Peter Cushing's on June the first. Oh uh, no, Peter Cushing is mine, May twenty sixth. Oh, shut up then. <laughs> <laughs> You've probably got uh, Vincent Price or something. Um, let's uh, look at Vincent Price. Uh... And Christopher Lee had his the same, and uh, around that time. Well, let's see. Vincent Price, May twenty seventh. Well done, you, Christopher Lee. Who's the best person who shares your birthday? The best film star, uh, Marquis de Sade. Marquis de Sade, blimey! I've I've just got Lenny Kravitz. Christopher Lee's uh, May twenty sixth. You're right, none of them on my birthday. June the second, birthdays. You can hear my computer tapping in the background. That's how prepared we are. Famous birthdays. I don't even know. Sergio Aguero, football player. <laughs> yeah, famous actor, Sergio Aguero. Uh, Charlie Watts, the drummer. Yeah. Justin Long, he was the bloke from uh, Jeepers Creepers, Who Loses His Eyes. I mean, that is some heavy hitters you've got there in the world of cinema. Zachary Quinto. Zachary Quinto, he's quite big. He's uh, quite big. He's Spock, isn't he? Wentworth Miller. Wentworth Miller, writer of Stoker and, uh, and star of Prison Break. Yeah, uh, Dominic Cooper. Dominic Cooper. He's the uh, oh, annoying one. Yeah, I do uh, not like him. I don't understand his career. <laughs> Sorry, Dominic. I'm sure you're lovely. I don't. I don't get it. Um, well, and Tim Rice Oxley from the pianist from um, Keen is born on the very same day, in the same year. It's, there's a top fifty people on famous birthdays. Well, I've, I haven't made it in. Mine are uh, Helena Bonham Carter, uh, John Wayne, I believe, uh, Peter Cushing. Uh, Lenny Kravitz, as I've already said, yeah. and um, when I'm cleaning windows, what's George Formby? George Formby. So my, but I mean that is quite incredible because that is a really. You think over the history of time, there would have been some better people born in my day. So I mean, the well, upshot maybe is, is that I'm never going to amount to anything. Maybe 
uh, nine months before your birthday is not a uh, glamorous and sexy time to uh, to do it. It's September. It's September. I was two weeks late, so it was something. Uh, must have been September nineteen seventy-five. Okay, September, September. Two weeks. I mean, this is really boring. For let's say it's September the eighteenth. Sure. 19, what horrific thing happened on September the eighteenth? <laughs> Because uh, it's normally something bad, isn't it, that happens? That they, they what, that forces to... people together to have children? Is that how it works? Yeah. Everyone's conceived because of a horrific world event. I've not heard this rule. Um, September... Uh, uh, it doesn't really say. Okay. I mean, this is really boring. Sure. I'm trying to find out who died on September the 18th, and maybe I and the reincarnation of that person. Interesting. Um, all right, well, let's talk about films instead, shall we? Sure, sure. You still have to find that by the end of the podcast. I'm going to be... I've just put died in Google now. Died. Just, I just <laughs> want to look up death. Um, images, please. Image search. This Animated week... GIFs of people dying. Um, this week, we're going to talk about something a little different. Don't worry, it's still films. Um, Marek and I have both seen some musicals this week, haven't we? Well, the reason was, I went back to the Isle of Wight for a little break... To see my nan, and it's very difficult trying to. And because she lives alone now, and I thought it's nice to sit down and watch a film. She doesn't do much, so I was scrolling through the internet, yeah, trying to find that film that doesn't have any sex in it. Yeah, she's ninety-three years old. Doesn't have swearing. She's not swearing. Oh, she's surely um, experienced sex. She's by never now. had. She's never. She's still a virgin. Right. Okay. And. Um, I was trying to find that film you can watch with grandparents. Yes. So I came across Sunshine Over Leaf, the musical. Based upon the music of the... The Proclaimers. Proclaimers. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I saw The Proclaimers live. I've probably told this story already, but I was at a festival and I was totally ashamed to be English that day because uh, about four songs into their set, they played I Will Walk 500 Miles and it it was stonking. It was great. And then... The tent emptied because everyone got. Oh, I've heard their song now. <laughs> really? Literally, everyone piled out of the tent apart from like eight of us. They've done two or three big songs, and, and the others aren't. I mean, they're really good. They're, they're brilliant, I think. Um, yeah. So on the, and after this, I also watched um, Pitch Perfect Two, which we'll talk about, mm-hmm. and you're going to talk about another musical. Well, as well. I um, took a very rare occasion for me um, an international flight. Um, just to watch the film. Just to watch the films on there, because I, I get tired of watching them on an adequately sized screen. So and how sound much that works that about two hundred pounds or three hundred pounds of film? Well, it was to Boston, so East Coast America, so it's about six and a half hours. So I got to see comfortably three films. And how much is a flight ticket? Uh it was about five hundred pounds. And yeah. did you watch three films on the way back as well? I didn't actually. I didn't on the way back. So I had because it was through the night on the way back, so I had I had a bit of a sleep. Hundred and sixty five pounds of film. That's right. I only managed to watch one film on the way back, but three on the way there. Obviously, so four in total. Four in total. So it's just over £100 a hundred pounds of film. One hundred fifty pounds of film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one hundred twenty maybe. One hundred twenty-three pounds uh, of film, which is a little more than you pay for a cinema ticket in uh, London at the moment, but it's, not much, Marek. If you're getting popcorn, that's right. It's you're a getting bit, very close. Gets about there. Um, yeah, I watched uh, Into the Woods, uh, which was one of the films on their hard drive I had not yet seen. Well, let's talk about Into the Woods. This is the one with Meryl Streep's in it, isn't it? Meryl Streep plays a lovely witch. James Corden's in it. James Corden plays a baker who's inexplicably married to Emily Blunt. 
Um, right, so it's it's, just... it's it's got one of these ensemble all star casts. So Chris Pine plays the prince in it as well. It's Red Riding Hood, uh, right? Or is it just all? Well, it's a Stephen Sondheim musical. It it was uh, a big award winning musical on uh, Broadway, and it takes all of the Grimm's fairy tales, the famous ones. So Little Red Riding Hood's in there, Jack and the Beanstalk, um, uh, Cinderella, all of them, and. Uh, combines them into all happening in the same kingdom, uh, overlapping at the same time, and tells the stories pretty much as you know them to be. Um, but the midpoint, which in the stage show is the interval, is happy, happily ever after, and the second half is what happens after. What is what are the oh. more sort of human real um, uh, Results of what they've all done. That sounds. If I had known that, I might have watched. The story's it. good. The story is good fun. Is it original music or is it all mashed up? No, it's Stephen Sondheim who is a, a composer, so it's all his music. Now his music is very specifically. He's got his own Gay. style. No, no. In fact, it's sort of not. It's almost um, academic. How can you do non-gay musicals? Well, this is the thing. I mean, it's still it's still sort of camp. But if you don't know Sondheim, he's got this sort of style where. You can't. It's very hard to sing the songs afterwards uh, because it's got a very repeating rhyme thing. And so I've got no interest in musicals. Okay, find out, um, so. he did. Um, I think Wicked's one of his. Oh, okay. I think I might be completely wrong. I'm not very good at musicals either. Um, West Side Story. Oh, see, I mean that's a Sweeney Todd. West Side Story is, 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 well, from what I remember, it's very good. Yeah. Maybe Wicked isn't him. Maybe I'm completely up the spout on that one. Is it Stephen P.H. or Stephen V? Uh, it's Stephen P.H. Yeah. If you were in music, you would be a Stephen P.H., I think. You would, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, Stephen P.H. is more academic, because the other Stevens, where well, it's normally Steve. Yeah. No, I'm completely wrong on Wicked. But um, he did do... Um, uh, Sweeney Todd, uh, the one that I don't know if you saw it with Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter in it. Um, well, it, it, again, it was a stage show first, but yeah, Gypsy West Side Story, Sweeney Todd. Anyway, but he's got this sort of style of just like I'm doing a thing, I'm doing a thing, repeating it now, rhyming it there with a boo 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 boo, and then the refrain, and it's just like it gets, it's a bit tiresome. <laughs> I, some people worship Sondheim, but I find like, oh god, this is getting, this is getting a bit boring now. But I tell you what, um, the best scene in the whole thing is Chris Pine and this other guy who I don't know, some young actor playing the two Prince Charmings, trying to out uh, how uh, romantically tragic they are on a waterfall, and it it's actually very funny. Chris Pine is a very funny guy. I've said it before in Horrible Bosses too. He completely excels the part as it's written on the on the page and he does so in this as well. Emily Blunt is as charming as ever. I love her. Um and Meryl Streep's great. And you know, everyone's very good. James Corden doesn't quite work. He's not likable enough. Um or real enough actually. He plays a guy In real life? Uh well I've not met him. Uh but in this he he's I don't know, he's just sort of playing bumbling comedy man and he's actually the lead role. And he, he's not bringing the, the chops for it, I don't think. But um, And it's one of those that has an annoying voiceover to uh, tell you what's going on all the time. Um, I, I mean, it's just for me... Did it make a lot of money? Because I can't understand... 
it got nominated for Oscars, didn't it? Um, I'm sure Meryl Streep got. Best. No, she, oh, she got nominated for best. Did she win for playing a, uh, a sexy witch? No, she didn't. Um, but she was nominated for playing a musical singing witch. Um, oh, and Johnny Depp's in it as well again as the uh, the big bad wolf. Yes, it was the nom- she nominated best actress, and it was also nominated for best costume design and best production design. Production so design, not best musical, not or best, not best, not best soundtrack. Is, there, is not best soundtrack. No, I mean it's it's odd. I I'm loath to slag off any film that I've only seen on an aeroplane. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I tell you what, I actually was on different carriers going to the states and back again, and on the way there, the one where I watched more films, I was on Virgin Atlantic. And their screens are total bollocks. It, you may as well be watching a small YouTube video the entire time. And um, when the person in front of you tips their seat back, oh, as God. they're allowed to... Did they do that or not? Yeah, they did. But oh. you then can't see the black of the screen. You know, like on um, old monitors on laptops, yeah, yeah. where if it's at an angle, the black sort of goes into a sort of shimmering silver. Did you have to tip your seat back? Um, no, I, 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 that didn't help. I tried to slump in my chair, but I couldn't stay like that for six hours. <laughs> like, so I had to watch... So I ended up watching three films, um, including Whiplash, which has a lot of... Dark. I was going to say it's a good job you didn't watch any black and white films. No, I mean it's got what is going on. Well, exactly, it would have been white and silver, which is not a genre. Um, It was it was terrible. But then on the way back, I flew Delta, and their screens were brilliant. They were bright. They were bigger. They were shiny. They were lovely. Um, uh, So yeah, and I watched Into the Woods on that one. So that was fun. Oh, okay. It's a fun film. I, I don't know if I'd watch it again. There's something missing in it. It doesn't. It feels a bit like the stage show is doing most of the heavy lifting here and the film itself isn't bringing much to the table. I do not understand musical films. Okay. I do not see... There's some brilliant ones. Like what? (laughs) Hedwig, we've talked about before, and the angry... Hedwig was all right. Cabaret is fantastic. Little Shop of Horrors, I think, is a good version. Little Shop is great. Blues Brothers, I think, is a wonderful film. But a lot of them... Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I suppose there are a few. But some of them, when the music seems to be more the focal point of it, it's it's got to be story first. Mm Mm-hmm. And I suppose they the music's got to come at the right time, and this is this is the thing. I mean, I, I just don't like it. I was in an I was in an improvised musical show for a while. Oh, get and, lost, mate! I know, uh, but you have to you sort of have to study the the structures of these things and when they work and when they don't. And the basic rule we had there was your character breaks into song when uh, something feels too intense to describe in words, and they. If it's too intense for, for song, they then dance. That's the rule of just sort of energy, if you know what I mean. And My and balls when they... are really aching. My balls are really aching. Oh, my balls are really... No, I start dancing. You don't start dancing because it's too much. Yeah. Um, do you do and, that in your if... voice? Do you do that? <laughs> that That's that... why I eventually was thrown out for singing like that. So musicals, times. when people's voices go... That's when... 
The food. They yeah. start dancing. The, 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 the energy just their balls explode into leg movement. Well, not balls. In, I've used balls as an example, but um, if you were singing, yeah. and then when they start dancing, you hear their voices going, <laughs> and that's when they start dancing. That's right. Yeah, that yeah. is the rule to musicals. Yeah. Well, no, but what I was trying to say from this is that when they've crowbarred in a jukebox musical style pop song, just so to have an excuse for them to sing that song, it often doesn't work because it's not the right emotional beat in the story. If just suddenly they all break out into singing about a car wash because they happen to be at a car wash. Is it at the car wash or whatever. It's like, why do, why do they care so much about the car wash? There's no reason for them yeah. to. And that is often the mistake these things make. I, I wouldn't levy that at uh, Into the Woods or, um, or sometimes stuff, but... Um, it is some of the lesser musicals are guilty of it I think I think that personally mm. uh, all opinions uh, is all subjective isn't it at the end of the day but I think I've been s- subjected to so much singing on television what with the sort of glee and then everything trying to copy well, it not or... just that you've got glee you've got X Factor not I watch it but you've got things like The Voice you've got Britain's Got Talent mm. you've got sing- it's you can't turn on the television without some prick singing something. They're always singing. Yeah. There's always someone singing a song. I'm sick of people singing. I don't want to watch people sing anymore. I don't want... It's, it's, I, I like to listen. I can listen to people singing, but there's no... For visually, I don't see the point of it. I don't know if you were ever a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You look like the kind of man who would be. Um, would you, no, I wasn't. And what, <laughs> a, I wasn't. And B... Answer the, the second bit. Yeah, uh, I look like the man who would be. No, I, Many Buffy fans are the weirdos who go to comics and literally. For, I imagine a Buffy fan is yeah. a horrible, sweaty old man. No, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right. It's mostly uh, girls in their fifties who still do their hair like Willow. Fifties, um, thirties. Okay. What am I talking about? Um, but the reason I bring it up is that Joss Whedon is a very good writer and he actually understands musical. I think another writer who understands it in other contexts is Trey Parker from South Park. Those guys write good musicals. The Book of Mormon is fantastic. The Book of the, Mormon is one of the best things I've ever seen. The songs in South Park, uh, South- Bigger, Longer, Uncut, is a brilliant yeah. musical. Um, and Joss Whedon, similarly, when he did the musical episode of Buffy, which is now a thing that all shows do... And, you know, they have that one episode where they sing everything. And they're usually dreck. But his worked because they used that episode, not as a gimmick, but to be the episode when uh, all of the characters' secrets are finally revealed to one another. And that... My balls are really aching. Well, if it hadn't just come on you now, but you'd been hiding it from your friends for so long, and finally you just had to sing about it. That That is... I mean, it wouldn't be a secret. It would be if I was a girl and I had balls. Well, well, it could it could be a secret. It depends on the the writing, isn't it? You could have you it could have comes down to that. You could have got your job as president on the promise that you don't have itchy balls. I didn't say itchy. It's an achy. Oh, achy. Okay. What's achy balls? Who has achy balls? It's just when you once I got hit um, where when I was playing uh, football. Oh, no, I was, kids were <laughs> playing football at my school yeah. with a tennis ball. And I was having to walk past, and someone kicked this ball, like this really hard shot, and hit me right in the... It was an incredible curling shot. I wasn't even in, in the football game. I was sort of walking past. You appreciate past. the shot, though. I mean... And it, it and it got me in the balls. You know when you... And this is horrible for people to listen to. You, 
as you get older, you don't often get hit in the balls as much when you're a kid. You know, you've got brothers, you get kicked in the balls and stuff like that. I, I hear it happens a lot more once you have kids of your own. You get head-butted in the testicles quite oh, a lot. Okay. Then, but. And there's that, a horrible ache when you get hit in the... There's nothing quite like that sickness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And well, that hit, would be worth thinking about. And I got then, hit in the balls with a tennis ball. And I remember just almost collapsing in... I couldn't just... A whole new world of pain. Yeah. And for the whole day, they ached. I'm sorry. And I've not... And I put that down as one of the reasons why I've not had any children. And probably will never be able to have children. Have you tried to have children? No, but... Well, that's probably the bigger reason, isn't it? I think it's something to do with that kid in that tennis ball. (laughs) Okay. Well, you should go after him and demand some children off him. He owes you kids. I always think about that. You did one small thing you never really thought about has drastically affected someone's life. Yeah, yeah. So that, I once bowled in a cricket game at school. Bowled um, a ball full toss right into a young boy's uh, uh, balls. Was he playing? Or was he just? He was playing. He was at the he was at the crease. You know, he was batting. But and he was wearing a box. But even so, just having the box just impact into your yeah. Your if you've job. got it on, haven't got it on yeah, the right way. Yeah, I felt quite guilty about that. I mean, he he just had to he had to be out anyway because he couldn't carry on. Even Buddy's angry in the background about that. He's angry, that. aren't you? He's angry about the ball, the ball, ball. He's grounded because he's had his balls removed, hasn't he? He has, yes. Uh, he can't contribute in this conversation. I'm sorry, Buddy. I mean, this must be distressing for you. Distressing. With and bo- he can't break into song either to get back on topic. Because he's, he's had his balls removed. But no, because he's a dog. Yeah, they, oh, okay. they can't sing. They okay. Can't sing. Um, but you, going back to musicals, you do, you're not a big fan. There are some good ones, when, and we've found some more that you do actually like along the way. But it's, it's become a strange thing because. I suppose the music... Oversaturation, is that what the problem is? Yeah, well, is? we think music videos, everyone goes MTV was the first music video. Yeah, first music... Really, it was musicals, like Wizard yeah. of Oz, for example. Yeah, yeah. West Side Story. Yeah. They're almost like great music, you know, the fighting scene where they've got... Um, they're the great... They're the first music videos. Yes. And I think it's sort of changed now where we're used to watching music videos and as a way of telling stories and a lot more work goes into a three-minute music video. Well, they, they famously have a higher shot rate than any other medium, so yeah. the number of setups you have to do to film three seconds is enormous. I can see why you would go along... I think musicals that you see live, or they do a thing at the Prince Charles, like a sing-along sound of music, Yeah, and that would be a great thing to go to, where you know the story, and yeah. you all sing the songs together. But we're going to the equivalent of a geeky... F- um, Person going to you know cinema lover going to a sports match where you can never go to a film for the first time at one of those sing alongs. I would no, imagine have to know that's the, the most intolerable be, thing on earth. Yeah, you have to know the film and not actually care. They know. do sing along a Frozen now at the Prince Charles. That's the entered into legendary status now. Really? It? Yeah, yeah, it's huge. It's you know, it's the children. most successful animation of all time. Yeah, my niece showed me her Frozen watch. Oh dear, did you fix it? No, it's really stuck to it. I tried to take it off and it ripped all the skin off her arm. Oh no. Um, <laughs> it's like a proper joke. How many Into the Woods, Davids, do you give Into the Woods? Uh, six. Six Davids. It's fine. You know, it's fine. I didn't. I, it's not my favourite musical. I sort of enjoyed the story. It's dragging its heels in some regards. IMDb is at 6.1. So there you, you go. are exactly... On the same wavelength as, <laughs> as the just I'm slightly more I'm negative one more negative than the, the world mass, the word, yeah yeah just below which is quite good so you're in your early thirties yeah and you've only got a bit of you're only point one below 
But I'm on my way there. That's what you're saying. I mean, that's gonna, that point one. It's going to it, it's going to blossom in the next ten. You're going to be dropping whole points. <laughs> <laughs> um, what musical have you seen that prompted this conversation? Well, it was it, was it was it um, was Sunshine Over Leaf. So it's, it's the Proclaimers songs, and they've only done I think really three or four great songs. It's directed by Dexter Fletcher. Oh, I think he's done a really good job. He's got an interesting career, hasn't he, Dexter Fletcher? Starts out as uh, Babyface in Bugsy Malone. Yeah. Then he's in Press Gang, you know. Then has a bit of a resurgence with Lockstock and uh, Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah. Then sort of, because of that, becomes slightly cool but not very in a Hollywood sense and crops up in things all over the place doing American accents. Event now plays dads, so he plays um, Dale Tanyon's dad in the Three Musketeers monstrosity, and is now directing stuff as well. We did Wild Bill. I haven't seen Wild Bill. Wild I heard really Bill, good things yeah. about that. Um, but Sunshine Belief, it's just I think he's done a good job t- making something. I watched it with my nan, and she thought it, w- and she laughed because it was rubbish. <laughs> and she said, "There's no, there's no real story to it. It just feels like there's." Um, it, but are, no, are they no doing content. what I described? They're trying to crowbar, uh, proclaim songs into the story. It doesn't story. feel like there's any enough content. It's yeah. got it's got good actors in it. It's got uh, well Jane Horrocks. It's got uh, Peter great. Mullen, who's really good. Oh, I love Peter Mullen. Um, George McKay, who's in the, the um, young-looking bloke, who's also in Pride. Uh, the acting, you know, but it just. It's just too many. It feels like a Proclaimers album with intermittent story. But this, this is exactly too much songs, and the story, and the story's not interesting enough or dramatic enough. And they try to fit the story to the song. Yes, and that doesn't work. It, it doesn't. It's never going to be satisfying. You can't sort of go. I'm going to fit the story to I walk 500 miles as a sort of as a sorry spoilers here as a final. Plot points. You don't know what's going to happen. It doesn't really work. Yeah. And it's half song and dance numbers. I, I just think that it, it, there's no real substance. My nan said to me, "There's no story here. It's just them singing yeah. songs in between." Well, th- this is this is my problem with jukebox musicals. I mean, why South Park works so well as a movie is because every song is beat perfect for is what that is happening jukebox in the story. Musicals? Jukebox musicals is... Excuse me. I think I'm probably using it wrong, actually. I think jukebox musicals technically is lots of different pop songs from different artists. So okay. Moulin Rouge is a jukebox musical. So this is like an album um, musical. Or yeah, the best yeah. of album musicals. But it's a, it's a retrofit, isn't it? Like um, We Will Rock You. Well, that's what it felt like. It felt was it, I think it was based on the musical. So We Will Rock You came out... Proclaimers thought, oh, we can make a load of money doing Mama this Mamma Mia was the one that started all yeah. this bullshit because it was the most successful one doing ABBA songs. And so that's the thing. And then, then it goes into the film so they can, they can make money out of it. I just thought it was just boring. I just thought it was boring. Right. right. My nan thought it was boring. Everyone... So you failed in picking a nan film. It, on the cover, it looks like it's really good. It had lots of four-star reviews... There are lots of writing with reputable newspapers underneath the writing. Yeah. But it turned out they were all lies. Oh, no. So it was a really safe film. A really safe film. Uh, I should have got something a lot more racy. What would you you retrospectively have picked to watch with your nan? Bum time on Leaf. It's actually called Sunshine on Leaf, not over Leaf. Sunshine on Leaf. Well, it's the name of one of their songs, isn't it? 
Bum time underleaf. Underleaf. Underleaf, yeah. Uh, There was an American high school uh, uh, theatre troupe who came to the Edinburgh Festival once and did a production of Train Spotting. um, Wow. And pronounced it life for the whole thing. Wow. In in Edinburgh, uh, which is quite ballsy, I think. I I would have gone to see that. Yeah, it does sound good. Um, Plays of films rarely work rarely work although I've heard there's a very good production of Alien um, around the place uh, that Tom Bell uh, told me about he says it's his favourite thing he's ever seen in his life it's an Amdram production of Alien for the stage wow (laughs) well that brings us to our we were talking about bad films before yes and that brings us neatly to um, a letter from Ben Grubb do you want to read it what's Ben Grubb's accent uh, he has well. He's talking about the room, which I've heard, which is a quite a famous bad film. And you heard? Yeah. Of, you've seen the room yet? Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. I he's, went to the Prince Charles uh, quote along of the room, um, which is supposed to be the worst film in history. Yeah. I've seen all the clips of it. And he wants you to read this out in the voice of Tommy Wiseau, who's Wiseau. Well, sorry, uh, he's actually put a clip there for examples for you. If you I, want to. I, I saw it years ago. I'll try remember uh, what the. Tommy Wiseau sounds like he's a very odd man. Uh, Dear David, my American buddy, I have just been listening to your latest podcast where you discuss Troll 2 and Best Worst Movie. After you posted the question about what other films fit the Best Worst Movie Ever Made category, I couldn't help but write in to suggest The Room. I'm pretty sure you mentioned it before on the podcast in passing, but I think it deserves a further discussion. The Room has to be one of the most surreal and fun cinema experiences I've ever had. I urge you, if you get the chance to go and see it at the Prince Charles Cinema, you haven't seen The Room properly until you've seen it in a cinema whilst having hundreds of plastic spoons rain down on your head. The film itself, it's a weird mess of clunky, terrible acting and equally terrible nonsensical dialogue gratuitously overlong and uncomfortable sex scene or more accurately one sex scene shown twice and a wealth of bizarre set pieces and unresolved storylines I've been fascinated with the film for a good five or six years now but it wasn't until I read main actor and line producer no less Greg Sestero's book The Disaster Artist definitely worth a read too that I really got an insight into just how surreal the whole process of making the film was Tommy Wiseau, the man responsible for more or less every aspect of the film, seems to lurch between being an untalented but well-meaning guy with a dream of being in a Hollywood film and a straight-up lunatic. I'd really love to hear your thoughts on it. I'm sure I'm not the only person to write in with this suggestion, but you can't have the conversation of best worst film without the room being involved. Keep watching the films. Cheers, Ben, in Crouch End. Um, I've probably seen him around. You probably have done. Um, yes, The Room. I Thank you, Ben. Ben Grubb. I, I've i seen The Room. I've seen it, it in the Prince Charles Cinema, in fact, and it is a wonderful, wonderful experience. It is hysterical. Um, it's it's would make a good double bill with um, American Movie, in fact, because it's you can see writ large the the total dream to be a movie star and to write your own thing and for it to be amazing and the total failure <laughs> to achieve even the most basic cutting or you know, shooting of anything, writing, acting, it's all wrong. And you could never make a mockumentary as 
funny as the real Cause thing. It's true because it's all true. Yeah, because yeah. it it's is. about someone holding American football and throwing it for no reason, isn't it? It's quite odd. Oh, everything is wrong. Everything is wrong, and the sex scene is ridiculous because they do use the same shots again for him having sex with the same woman another time. You basically get the whole scene again. Um, the budget said it was six million estimated budget. No, can't, can't be. be that can't have been. But he must have made his money back out of that by now because he's oh, an sure. international it's phenomenon. It's made him. It's made and he'll he'll get uh, you know public appearances money for uh, all over the world now. It's a and all the Huge screening stuff. money as well. Yeah, yeah. That's what you want to do. Make a rubbish film. It's constantly on at the Prince Charles. It's never off. Really? Pretty much. It's on, a, you know, every couple of months or whatever. Um, no, it's a, it's a phenomenal piece of work. If you haven't seen it, it's brilliant. Um, and, yes, you, they, they, everyone brings plastic spoons to throw because, for some reason, all of the artwork in his flat, even the art direction is terrible, but is just framed pictures of spoons that I'm sure he had some sort of incredibly deep artistic reason for doing, but it does not come across why. And so whenever you see a spoon in frame, people throw spoons. <laughs> wow. Well, go and check that out. I'm sure you can get it online as well. Yeah. Um, I should watch the whole thing. I've seen those. I've seen those clips of it, but you know, I should really watch it. You really should. Um, so we talk about that. I went to see another film. Yes. And that where sort of it's more of a it is the, the jukebox musical, I suppose. Okay. But it's Pitch Perfect two. Pitch Perfect. Got good, I've seen Pitch Perfect. Yes. And I have now not. I've seen Pitch Perfect two. Pitch Perfect. This is Rebel Wilson. It's Rebel Wilson, not and, Rain Wilson. No, Rebel Wilson. Else. Who um, uh, and and Anna Kendrick, who's a. Anna Kendrick plays Cinderella in Into the Woods. Oh, really? There you go. So this is a, continuing the following story of the Barden Bells, who are this a cappella group from college as they enter the World Championships after something goes wrong at the start and they actually do a bad performance and sully their name. At oh, this. No. It is... Well, the problem is, is that this isn't... I don't know why I watched Pitch Perfect 1, the first one anyway... <laughs> I don't even know why I watched Pitch Perfect 2. What's the first one like? What did you think one, of the first one? I thought I was pleasantly surprised by okay. it because I thought it was uh, it's it, it, it's sort of a sort of sassy uh, it's that typical college modern college of sort of how Greece has evolved into this yeah, sort of yeah. thing. Uh, the modern college sort of girl, girls film of them just in a group sort of like the cool theatre lot, but they are yeah, yeah. Cool, they are they are musical theatre. So you can never get away from the fact that they are always going to be assholes. Okay, sure, <laughs> sure. But this is just you, the second one. You know, it's a sports movie. You know, something goes wrong. You know, the whole structure. They're entering the world championships to try and save their name. Yeah, they've got to to get together and do a song and work together on it. It's just an excuse for them to sing. Do sort of rap music battles with other people yeah. and sing songs. It's got jokes in it which you might find funny if you are a nice person and not cynical as me. Problem is, I'm 39 years old. This is aimed at if you're a 14 to 16 year old American girl yeah. who likes singing and doing something with your friend and a cappella and dancing, you would shit yourself at that film. <laughs> I'm guessing that a lot of our listeners yeah. aren't American girls between... I mean, no, I mean, you are... You're two and a half American girls now. I am two and a half... Yeah. <laughs> I'm more than that. I'm approaching... Yeah, two and a half American girls. You're two and a half American girls. I could girls. just about be three young... <laughs> you're nearly three young girls. I'm 39. Yeah. 
Three young girls. Three young girls. I'm going to say that introduce that as my name now. Hello, I'm Merrick. Three young girls. How old are you? Three young girls. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the creepiest things you could say. I mean, I don't know why someone who doesn't know you is asking how old you are, but... Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I've not seen these. I've sort of... The whole... I feel like it's sort of uh, the legacy of Glee, really, because yeah. Glee was a massive thing and then everyone's sort of cashed in on it a bit. I'm not to say that the things that came after it weren't well-intentioned and well-made, but I, I didn't go to see Pitch Perfect for this very reason. I just It's not really my thing. All right, they're good at singing. I'm yeah. sick of people who are good at singing. Uh, uh, there's a lot... Uh, as we've talked about before, the talent contest, Yeah, a lot of people are good at singing. Yeah. Might be on TV, I reckon one in three people is, is good at singing. I mean, even people, I want to. I want to see some. Expecting to be good at singing can occasionally yeah. good at singing. Twenty feet from Stardom was a good, interesting yeah. documentary on these brilliant singers. How it takes a lot more than that uh, to sustain a career, and it's not necessarily. That was a really interesting documentary. This is like quite. You know what's going to happen. Everyone's got these um, the characters, which are just moulds of characters you've seen before. You know, just stereotypes. You know, like a quiet Japanese girl, yeah. a bullshy sort of black girl, a really preppy sort of girl. You know, you've and got... who's uh, Rebel Wilson? What's her? Rebel character? Wilson's this Australian sort of fat, called Fat Amy, who does all the sort of fat things. Does she fall down? Does she that fall sort down of a lot? stuff? You know, it's just, but it's not my thing. Yeah, I'm not interested in it. I don't even know why I'm talking about it. Sure, but I, I've got one point though. Yeah, Anna Kendrick. Yes, and I should. I'm in no position to say this, being sort of not a normal looking person but she gives me the creeps <laughs> I am I find her and I'm sorry she's listening in everything I see uh, she looks like the devil she's, she's... A totally charmless I, and I find I, you know you've got some I'm sure I'm the sort of person that people go oh, oh I've seen it married I don't want to puke up it gives me the creeps Anna Kendrick I cannot watch her she leaves me totally cold I can't understand it how yeah. does she ever get big her face is like this really. I just don't. I find a totally. She's harsh, charming. isn't she? She's. Uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. She's. She's. She's slightly charming in uh, Into the Woods, but I think she's totally. Which is the only thing I've seen her in, I think. Uh, but she. She wasn't. She wasn't. You know, the audience is in, which is what a Cinderella lot, figure a lot, is supposed to be. A lot of things I've seen her in, and I've, she's I've never really uh, warmed her at all. So what I'm saying is that she should be killed. Okay, okay. Well, if you'd like to kill Anna Kendrick for us, then uh, get in touch, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. I'm not going to rate Sunshine and Leaf or Pitch Perfect 2 because I think I'm totally the wrong audience. Okay, okay. So how many how many wrong Three audiences <laughs> would you give it? Three and four. Three and four wrong audiences. Okay. Um, well, yes. Uh, well, I won't watch it then. I won't watch it. I like a musical. I like a good musical. I'm, I'm not, all, I'm not for this. Uh, as I say, sticking in songs because they're popular songs, and it all sort. It, this is a sad song, and we're sad at the moment. And this is. It's not enough. It needs to be about. We should the have really sung this um, whole thing. Yeah. Um, but David. I mean, that was a cue for a song, right yeah, there. Yeah. And you missed it. I'm it, about to go into it. Going into it, David. I've heard you've done a few new logos <laughs> on our red bubble page. And that's about as good as some of the musicals I watched. Wow. I mean, that, 
I mean, you made Pitch Perfect 2 sound a lot better than that. Um, if you, you've you done redesigned... Uh... Yeah, we've got some new T-shirts available and stuff. I mean, Redbubble really have thrown shit at a wall in terms of what you can get now. I mean, you can now up available on our Redbubble page. So it's something like redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Film Fandango. But if you Google Redbubble Film Fandango, you'll find it. You can get um, our new logo um, on T-shirts and hoodies and all sorts of stuff. And also, uh, I guess, what is our uh, catchphrase? Keep watching the films. But um, it's now available on mugs and uh, leggings. You can get Film Fandango leggings now. That's crazy for me. Uh, Bags, bedspreads. You know, you can put, you can, you can sleep, sleep in our, uh, in, in us. You oh. know, you can sleep right in us, right there. Well, um, and look, so yes, if you'd like, uh, if you'd like to uh, get any merchandise, then go to redbubble.com and a tiny, tiny sliver of a percentage of that money will find its way to us to help us run the podcast eventually. But if you'd actually like to keep the podcast going, then go to filmfandango.co.uk and just donate money from there. One pound, just one pound. One pound or a hundred pounds. And everyone who has donated a hundred pounds, and there's a few of you, then uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much for doing that. There's not a few. No, there's no one. No one's done that. Um, Maybe one person has done it collectively. mm -hmm. One generous person. Uh, Altogether, probably. Maybe. Um, But anyway... What? That's it. Oh, right. We, we're ending on the vo- vulgar point of uh, money discussion. Yeah, he's a vulgar podcast. Okay, well, we should probably sing to end. End on a song, as they say. Keep watching the films. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.